Hey everybody, welcome to another week of the Soccer Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Uh, it is Halloween, and I'm joined uh, by Ryan Palmer in Portland. I, if you know anything about me, uh, it is that mm-hmm. I absolutely hate Halloween. I Halloween lover. I hate Halloween. It is Hater. Nothing, Hater. nothing good happens on Halloween. I've so had true. pumpkins stolen, bad costumes, uh, just very, very sick on Halloween. It just seems like bad things happen on Halloween. So I tend to not venture out uh, and just kind of hunker in a corner. But I will, be, that way. I will be going to Beaverton later this afternoon. And I'm actually very much looking forward to it. So Beaverton Podcast Studios. We're going to watch some, uh, some preschoolers walk around in costumes and then eat some chili on corn chips. Ooh, What's everybody... Which- What's everybody dressing up as tonight? Can we can we get into that, or is that chilling? Mike, this is exactly why I hate Halloween. There's too much pressure. Like I'm not even talking. Do you think I care about what you would be dressing up as? No, you. (laughs) I'm talking about the the stars, the MVPs of the night. You're right. right. My bad. My bad. Palmer's going as a sexy nurse. (laughs) Yeah. My daughter is going as Tony Soprano. So if if you uh, (laughs) you've you've all seen the picture. I think we're gonna have a. uh, in in our posse, we'll have a T Rex. We'll have a Love Batman. Uh, we'll have a comic book character, but I Hulk. don't remember. Hulk. Sean, sorry, is it the Hulk? No, uh, yeah. I think uh, Batman's brother is Hulk. Oh, Batman's brother's Hulk, and then uh, listener Sean's little guy's coming over also, and I don't remember which comic book character it is, but I, I'm pretty sure it's one of the characters out of the books that he reads. Some uh, Captain so Underpants. Maybe should be should be a good little crew. Gonna be fun. Um, I have a mustache, as you guys can tell, but listeners may not be able to tell. I don't know if you can hear I, it or I not. I think they listener. can tell. I think they can tell. <laughs> I also recently got a uh, uh, sweatshirt that has a picture of Ted Lasso on the front, so I'm just gonna wear that, and then that'll be like, you know, just help people. It's not really a costume. It's more like this is what it. It's, it's it's on the tin. Yeah. It's like a avant-garde kind of uh, deconstructed costume. It's a deconstructed costume. I, That's right. Dan, I have a beard. Should I go as beard? Oh boy! Let's go. We just we just got a couple's costume. Let's go. Ashley's, Ashley's going to be very upset. Cute. Ashley can go as uh, the boss lady. Yeah. Oh, good one. Good one. Or Keely. She sure. can go high pone. Either way. Uh, I like it. Uh, this is going to be great. Very good. Um, I've, Mike, you're here. You're in Minneapolis. I don't think I said your name yet. What's up, Mike? Good day. I also hate Halloween. It's, n- it's not a good holiday. <laughs> it's not a good holiday. Although I did carve an excellent jack-o'-lantern this year, which I'm excited to display. That doesn't mean I'm going to be having a good time. No, do not. Are you, Mike, are you handing out candy? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we That's got excellent. a lot of candy. A lot of extra candy. Uh, so if there's anyone who's going to need candy... Come Monday morning, let me know. We will definitely have some, and I don't want to eat it all. Can I? But I will if I have to. Can I throw in a very underrated uh, candy, Halloween candy? And it's not candy corn. Candy corn is properly rated as shit. Um, properly rated yeah. as the best candy there is. <laughs> is that is that real? Is that a real take? That I hate candy corn? No, that Dan likes candy corn. I love candy corn. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Oh my god! What's not to like? It's just sugar. How do you it's not so, like sugar? It's so bad. I feel I'm like evolutionarily, evolution, evolution has predisposed me to love sugar, even though it's bad for me. What am I supposed to do? Candy corn. Me and Anna were just talking about like we don't understand how they're still making candy corn, and it's just because of Dan. It's, it's for it's the no, one. I get one bag. I I get one bag a year. I eat about half of it in the first day, and then it, there's a long tail. It kind of trickles off, and by Halloween, there's like there are three pieces left. I think <laughs> you just can't like one bag is all there is. That's all you can do a year. It's kind of like eggnog. You get one gl- you know, one jug of it, and you're you're so excited. But that's all you can do. You can't go back for more eggnog. So that's uh, uh yeah. But I love it. I uh, love it. I mean, we like what we like, you know. So candy corn. Here's here's my underrated one. Yeah, what was your take? Uh, uh, Heath bars. I bought some Heath bars for yeah. uh, for the candy yeah. candy bowl. Go great in a blizzard. Incredible in a blizzard. I mean, they're so good. I bought some Heath bars for the candy bowl to hand out for Halloween, and I don't know if they're gonna make it. Uh, 
for the trick-or-treaters. I'm just saying. This is what I wanted to say. I think there's a lot of talk. You hear a lot of talk this time of year of parents post-trick-or-treating taking candy from kids. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, getting in there. Taking candy from I think a baby, if pre, you will. <laughs> if you will. Pre-trick-or-treating is really, I think, mm. the hot spot. Oh, yeah. You buy the candy you want, and then you work on it, you know, a week ahead of time. Right. Leading yeah. up to. I mean, the thing is, though, you're an adult. You can just do that any week you want, parents. <laughs> like, You can't. It's much harder to find grab bags of candy at the grocery store. That is true. for during October. And then Valentine's um, Mike, Day. Mike, I think you're... Uh, good point. But, oh, Valentine's Day candy is terrible. Uh, talking of terrible candy. <laughs> Mike, I think your position is perfect because you don't have to go out trick-or-treating. You don't really have to worry about costumes. You just get to open the door and, like, have fun yep. with the kids that show up. That's that's an ideal Halloween experience. Are you going to a like an adult I wanna, Halloween? I want to be very clear to the listeners that when Dan says have fun to the have fun with the kids, that's in a very responsible way. Yeah, yeah, of course. Nobody thought otherwise. Are you going to an adult Halloween party? Those are the things that I are hate. You the fucking most. kidding me? Okay, I'm just <laughs> hey, listen, we're on the same page. I just want to make sure that you know everything no. is apparently is, uh, my. My block is maybe having some kind of block party, but um, I think it's mostly for the kids. Uh, my wife loves Halloween, um, and so she loves a costume. It's she loves a homemade costume. It's just mm-hmm. it it really it drives a wedge between us uh, this time of year. It's a really hard time of year for us, but thankfully she's I- at work, so. I think that the problem is not the costume or the dressing up or even the party. I think it's the pressure. It's the expectation. That's what it is. That's what it is. Give me like a theme party that's not problematic. Uh, and, you know, I'll follow that. That's great. It's the pressure of coming up with a good costume. Because then you leave your house and you're like, I did so great. I have the best costume ever. Um, and then you walk into the party and there's somebody else that has a great costume and you're like, why didn't I think of that? That's awesome. That's really good. That's really clever. And then, uh, and then your Halloween is ruined. Yep. You know, what would be, would be the only good way to have a a proper Halloween experience or a good Halloween experience. You got to Mm. walk around on some public stairs. Oh my God. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Oh yeah. Chef's kiss. If you, if you can do that with your kids, just do it. That sounds incredible. Public Stairs, episode three. Welcome to the Public Stairs Thread Podcast. I'm Dan Schrader. I'm in Portland, Oregon, talking about public stairs. Uh, I got a text message from listener Carson this week. I'm going to scroll back and find it. Um, if I can, if I can, if I can. This is good content. Yep. This, yep. this, this is, is the, uh, this, this is, is what the, those boring boys are all about. <laughs> That's right. This is what the Public Stairs content you need right here. Uh, Carson says... A lot of great public stairs in Duluth, Minnesota. So many cool little ones in between houses, etc. Ones that seem like they oh, should God. not even be public. Sounds great. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't want to? Just what a great way. You you hit up you know some houses on the, on one block, and then you're like, ah, the rest of the block, known for being kind of stingy candy givers. Boom! You just take a little shortcut, a little mm-hmm. shooting ladder type, you know, mid block public stairs up, up to the, the hill next to the block. rich houses. Can, hit yep. those king size. <laughs> Can yep. I you just keep working your way up the hill to the to the really big candy bar houses? Yeah, you got to go to the dentist's house. That's how they stay in in business. They just hand out massive <laughs> amounts of candy. Uh, can I ask a public stairs question on Halloween? Because you are going up to houses and using their stairs sometimes. Are are all stairs public on Halloween? No. Whoa. No. I'm just I trying mean, to I, find a loophole here. It's a it's a fun like theoretical rhetorical question, but it's. <laughs> The answer is no. Okay. I want to Duluth for, I mean, we all know we've been to Duluth. We've played at the top of that hill. I have a shirt that says I've been to Duluth. (laughs) So it's proven, proven. Uh, Duluth on Lake Superior uh, and then just straight up a hill. An ideal city for public stairs. Uh, Really makes me want, just brainstorm a little bit on it, like a good, a ranking of, Cities where we think public stairs would be excellent. How Duluth many has to be up there? Oh. It's perfect. It's perfect. How many stairs are required to be considered a public staircase? I th- two. I think two, maybe three, because otherwise it's just a curb. 
Yeah. You know, one. But I mean, nobody's going to get excited over, you know, a, a two stair public staircase. You know, it doesn't get the blood flowing, Palmer. It's a staircase. True. No one, listen, you know, but I'm just trying to ask the questions that uh, our listeners will refuse to ask. That's true. No, that's true. They're cowards. <laughs> They're cowards. <laughs> Dan, what? Dan, what, what's on your list? Give it to us. I mean, San Francisco. I assume that all sidewalks are just stairs, so yep. that's got to be <laughs> number one. Yes. Um, good. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, great public Ooh, stairs. Yeah. Seven, there we go. seven hills. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. Rome. I've, How many I've bridges? No idea a lot of bridges. Lots of bridges. Lots of hills. They got like that. Uh, the incline thing that goes up and down. Uh, oh, that's nice. Mount Washington, I think. Funicular. Um, yes. Uh, mm. the, but I think it's just called the incline because it's Pittsburgh, so we yeah. don't use big words there. Funicular. Too many they can't syllables. Pronounce that word. Uh, but I would say that that's probably a very good public stair. There's it's super hilly yeah. there. It's got to be, I like that. Like that, I mean, um, aforementioned Los Angeles has has a good amount of public stairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I once vacationed in Lisbon, Portugal. Great public stairs. A lot of just public stairs as streets. Just a just a forty foot wide staircase that is a street. Uh, Incredible. Whoa. I honeymooned in the Amalfi Coast, Positano, Amalfi. Lots of great public stairs there. Anywhere yeah. like is that is like built onto a uh, you know a, a bay or by the coast yeah. is yeah is a good public Premier. stair. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a, I just basically had San Francisco, and then the bottom of the ranking has to be like Omaha. <laughs> I bet there's not a single anywhere even a, anywhere in Florida. even three steps. There's not a single one. <laughs> all all the public staircases in Florida go up. Um, to get to the shoreline. <laughs> yeah, Florida. Florida's a tough space for the the public stair heads among us. <laughs> I don't. I'm, do we have listeners in Florida? I really want to know. I, if you are in Florida and you are listening to this, please, please tell us. I think our closest listener to Florida is probably in Guatemala. <laughs> That's fair. Could be right. Yeah. Oh, uh, that is. Episode three of the Public Stair Thread Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. What else? That's Halloween. That's Public Stairs. I'm warm. Anything else? Oh, come oh. on, Noah. Go to sleep. Yeah, we got a sleeping baby. Oh, I, I, I wanted to. baby update. In honor of, um, in honor of oh, what's his name? Uh, Diego Chara getting his 100th red card. Uh, he was presented with like a little. I think 100 card. 100, 100 card. Or, yeah, sorry. Not red card. <laughs> 100 red cards. Yeah. That would be. Very impressive. Be amazing. Eat your heart out, Sergio Ramos. Uh, he got his 100th card, uh, and someone presented him like a little plaque with the card. I think it was signed by the ref, mm-hmm. and then like a little photo of him kind of like standing over the player. Getting, got, getting the yellow got card. Got hacked too. getting the, player, the yellow card. The player in the background like rolling around on the ground. It yeah. was a great picture. Yeah. Just incredible. And I think we all just love the idea of celebrating these milestones, which are often overlooked. Uh, but very important. And so I just wanted to toss it out there. We haven't really talked about this before, but what are other things in the game that we should be celebrating other than cards received? One one that I wanted to put out there is uh, if a player, like, sub milestones, like, hey, you've been subbed out oh, of 200 games or something that's like that. <laughs> that's a good you've one. You've been replaced 200 times. Yeah, We're subbed in. Subbed in is, is good, too. You, like a super subbed sub. Subbed in is good. Or like a like an unused player on a bench, like you've sat on the bench fifty times without being subbed in in a What's game. What's the? Or something. There's like the 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 million dollar or the, not the million the million, uh, player that like has got. I think this is in basketball on like the stat line. You get one minute, zero rebounds, zero points, zero. Oh assists. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I that's I mean this is basketball basketball specific. I can't think of anything that's like that for for soccer, but um, that's pretty great. I liked, uh, I saw a tweet that said that, oh, I don't remember now. So uh, it was a Premier League team are 4 4 and 2 in the first 10 games. Oh, and it's nice. only like the third time in the last 15 years that a team has been 4 4 2 in the first 10 games. I like that. So team uh, award formation, yeah, formation oriented stats is, is good. Yep. Yep. Um, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, you know, with kind of advanced metrics, there's probably a lot of things that we could do. 
uh, but I know there's a chances missed or like big chances missed. So you could give it like, hey, uh, you've missed 100 big chances in your career. Congratulations. Here's, a, here's an award. Dude, I want to know. We should give Rory, Rory DeLapp for most throw-ins. Oh, most, most, I like that. Most or, throw-ins taken is good. Or like uh, longest distance covered on good. throw-ins. <laughs> Add them all up. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> that would be so difficult. Whoever's job that is. Oy. For keepers, um, for keepers like goal kicks, like you've taken, this was your thousand, thousand <laughs> goal kick of your career or something. <laughs> I like the they, distance though. Like you stopped you've the game. goal kicked to the moon. <laughs> Yeah, you've oh, gone around so the good. earth three times. <laughs> oh, that's incredible. <laughs> uh, what about uh, like most appearances or most minutes in minor cups? <laughs> like you are the Carabao Cup uh, marathon man. You've been capped yeah. the most times in the Carabao Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Absolute really Carabao like Cup legend. U.S. Open Cup. You. Just dominate. That's got <laughs> of the U.S. Open Cup. I, I feel like that award goes to someone like Max Power, and if you don't, you know who I'm talking about when I'm talking about Max Power. Oh yeah, <laughs> Tranmere legend. Yeah, yep. Not the Homer Simpson's character. Nope. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so good. Those are great. Uh, Soccerthread at gmail.com. Let us know what we're missing for amazing things that should be celebrated. Mike, you want to take us into emails? All right, emails. Uh, first email is from George. He says, no real content, but I've heard a number of stories that people from people that would ruin Dan's opinion of Landon, Landon Donovan, who we were just really, really talking up on the pod last week. Um, Dan, I mean, do we do we want to get into this at all? Do you want to address this? Um, I mean, this really depends on what kind of story we're talking about. Yeah. If it's just like. He's kind of a prick. It's not going to change my opinion of him. Like, of course he is. He played soccer at a very high level. All of these guys are, like, they're all tools. They're all tools. And have you heard any <laughs> interview with Landon Donovan ever? Like, he just seems like he's kind of a prick. Doesn't like, seem like aloof. a fun hang. Yeah. Uh, so, assuming that there's nothing that's... Uh, look, I'm not trying to put us into the, uh, the realm of libel here, so I'm not going to suggest <laughs> even anything. But as long as it's nothing that's really terrible, I like Landon. You're not going to ruin my opinion of him. He gave me a low five after I scored a goal. (laughs) And called you by your first name. And called me by my first name. Incredible. I mean, yeah, that's going to be tough to top. Um, George does sign off with this email. He says, let's go Hammers. I feel like as much as we all hate to do this, we might need to just spend 30 seconds talking about West Ham right now. I'll take this. Fourth in the Premier League. First G- in their spot in Europa League. Palmer, how you feeling? Give me these 30 seconds to heap some praise Start onto West clock. Ham and, and George. Uh, I was I was <laughs> I was watching them uh, a little bit this morning, and they just they're a fun team. Like shouts to George for supporting a team that is fun, that has like passion, uh, is winning games, is winning games by a lot, scoring goals. They're not, like, hunkered in. Uh, it's it's wild to see from a David Moyes team, right? But, um, like, you know, Mel- Mikel Antonio is, is playing outside of his mind. Um, they have a lot of fun players on that team. I You know, the Hammers are great. Shout to the Hammers. Um, they're the opposite of Spurs, and it looks like they're fun to watch, and <laughs> they bring joy to the game. So, yeah, go on, you hammers. I I think we're pretty much just doing emails today, so I'm going to bring my hammers content now. <laughs> Mike, a, a better managerial, just like more impressive managerial feat. David Moyes at Everton, some nice league finishes, a lot of stability. Or David Moyes at West Ham, really stability, bringing that. They're in fourth place. Uh, getting some good wins, looking at hopefully some Europa, a Europa League run at least this year. Will you take David Moyes at Everton or David Moyes at the Hammers? Definitely David Moyes at Everton. I mean, Moyes at... So first of all, West Ham's in fourth now. Not feeling great about West Ham finishing in fourth. If they finish in fourth this year, I, yep. will, I will retract my statement. What was Everton's top finish under him? 
They like they fourth. qualified for the Champions League, so yeah. I assume that means they came in fourth. Um, so even though that was probably like finishing fourth as a non-big club was like slightly less impressive then, still really, really hard. Uh, and I feel like they were just consistently making Europa Leagues, you know, finishing, you know, top six or whatever. He was there for like 10 years and just had them looking, looking good. Uh, you know, I think he's been good at West Ham. He did get fired there uh, and then came back. And like, he seems to be doing the right, you know, pulling the strings or whatever now. But, uh, you know, I'd say in terms of the highs he hit at Everton and like the duration of those highs, uh, his time at Everton is still much more impressive to me. Here's their league finishes under David Moyes. 15, 7, 17, 4, 11, 7, 5, 5, 8, 7, 7, 6. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Like just safely. By, just by the end, out. they were just, yeah, they were just there. Yep. Uh, Palmer, do you agree? Do you think that run at Everton more impressive than what he's doing at West Ham right now? Um, yeah, because it just feels like Everton wasn't like bringing in. I, I feel like West Ham. I, I don't. I'm not going to be able to talk too much about Everton because Colin's going to probably email in with like a list of things that I got wrong here. But hey, I if, feel like if they, he wants to say something, he can, he can join the pod. <laughs> he he, he's I, welcome. he got the link. I feel like uh, um, they. Like Everton doesn't make a ton of great buys and stuff. I feel like West Ham has made some pretty good moves in in the uh, um, in the transfer window. Um, for example, last year I, I feel like the I think they got was it Jesse Lingard right, and that seemed to be a really great loan that helped them uh, garner some points and some confidence um, and carry that into this next season. Uh, you know, bringing in other players. Uh, has has been has been great for West Ham, and uh, this season's not over yet. So they haven't finished fourth yet. I don't. It's you know, we're what a third of the way through the season here. So um, I'm gonna say, I don't know. I think I just talked myself into a circle, but I think his performances at Everton, just the consistency, was better than what he's doing at West Ham. Yeah, I do feel like we always manage to talk about West Ham right before they just play a big team. Uh, and they're playing Liverpool next week. So, George, <laughs> I'm glad we were able to get this get this in when you hit your high of the season. Yes. Uh, I think George started supporting West Ham when they were in the championship most recently, which was 11-12. So this is your 10-year anniversary, George. What a nice way to celebrate. Uh, started in the championship. Now we hear fourth place. Beautiful. Uh, good for you, George. Not choosing, Couldn't- uh, you know. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, and I'm talking about George, not David Moyes. I imagine <laughs> David Moyes is an Landon Donovan level nice guy. <laughs> George, right, George much, much, much higher. I, I don't. Have, he's never given me a high five or a low five or called me by my first name, so I'm going to take Landon. <laughs> Wait, you talking about George, or you talking about? He's uh, talking David about David Moyes. Moyes. I'm talking about David Moyes. It's like, man, I would have really hoped that George at some point had. A called you by your name and also <laughs> giving you by my name. a low five, a dap of some sort. I anyway. mean, I'm taking hugs from George. Let's be honest. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, all right. Next email uh, is from Pedro. Pedro submitted a, a few different emails. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how many we can get to, uh, just depending on the flow, the ebbs and flows of the pod. Uh, but I'm going to start with this one because I love it. Uh, he says he drafted this email back in March, and I've not had the motivation to type it out. Normally, I kind of paraphrase, but there's some good stuff in here, so I'm going to try and read most of this. Uh, from my recent mention in your uh, in your latest episode about... So this is like started in March and now sent in October. Uh, I've been compelled to finish this email because we were talking about Pool of Six injury struggles. Uh, I know you all obviously don't remember what y'all said back in March, Neither do I. Glad that True. no one remembers what we said. Uh, but I do remember someone uh, saying that Pulisic was mentally immature and him being a young fellow pushes himself a little bit too hard. I found this interest- interesting because as a young whippersnapper myself, I sometimes make dumbass mistakes for lack of knowing better. So to make this a little bit grander and all-encompassing, his question for us, and I love this, and Palmer, 
It's coming to you first, baby. <laughs> you didn't know it. What is something you all wish you knew when you were younger? He says, sorry if this is not soccer related, but I just wanted to see what direction you can take this. This is an incredible email. This is such uh, a, yeah. And I mean, Ryan, what, what you got for us? I, man, I don't, this is such a hard question. What is something I wish, I feel like this is a question that I need to know the answer to as a father um, that yep. someone will ask me this uh, and probably won't listen to this advice, but. Um, I here, you know what this is, and this, this is what my dad told me as well when I was a young kid. Um, don't, you don't want to look back and say, you wish that you could have tried harder, which is, this goes directly to the question about Pulisic and injuries and like pushing through and asking that question, like, could I have tried harder? Could I have done better? Uh, you don't want to look back and say, man, I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have, whatever, studied harder or... This reminds uh, me of a tattoo that Colin has. Yep, exactly. Did I, did I do my best, right? Um, so that's, I think I wish... My dad told me that. I don't know if I particularly uh, embraced it, but now the, the more I look back on things, I kind of say, yeah, I wish I would have, uh, I wish I would have done a little better here in this, in this area. But, you know... At the end of the day, everything works out and it is okay. Uh, I'm pretty happy with where I'm, where I currently am. So, well, actually, very happy, but um, very, very happy, very, very happy. Uh, but I, I guess not. that's that's the advice. I, I think it's good advice. Um, and you know, make make more connections. Make more connections. I personally, I'm pretty, you know, socially awkward, but I've made very strong connections uh, with a lot of great people. And it's all about who you know. That's another thing that I wish I would have known. If Ryan is socially awkward, I don't know what that makes me. So fucking shit, Ryan. Don't call yourself socially awkward. Socially <laughs> anxious, let's say, Mike. Socially okay. anxious. Okay. Uh, I think my bit of advice, and this is one uh, that actually came from being in grad school, where uh, we were in my lab allowed to make every mistake once not twice but you could do anything as dumb as it was once oh i like that so you better learn from it i like that and so that's my i really like that you're a lot you can whatever you do you can make that mistake once just learn from it don't do that one again go find another mistake to make <laughs> don't do that don't do that one again i really like that i that's really good. like that yep that's good i like that a lot uh, I think mine, and this is very particular to myself. Find more public staircases. Well. Find more public staircases. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, just take take more risks. Uh, I think my uh, uh, little little armchair psychology, uh, I, w- I was raised by a, a father who was incredibly uh, thinking, always thinking about the worst case scenario. Uh, and that has been embedded into me. Uh, and so when I'm making decisions, I often think about what is the worst thing that could happen uh, mm-hmm. and not not only what the best thing that could happen, but also like all the more likely options between the worst and the best thing. Uh, and so just taking more risk uh, and being more afraid to fail, I think, is something that um, we can all embrace. And this is not in like a, a tech way of like, oh, like, oh, failing is good and we're going to disrupt things by failing. Like, no, fuck that shit. Uh-huh. But just That's- on a personal level, like. We're all often afraid to do certain things because of where it might leave us. Um, and, you know, oftentimes that means we kind of have decisions made for us because we're afraid to make a decision. Man. Is that kind of the same as like saying yes? Things come up in life and you can accept them and go with it. And you don't have to like, I don't know, you can kind of go with the flow a little bit. Is that a similar thing that you're thinking? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, it's the whole saying yes thing and. Yeah, putting putting yourself in a, a position that you might feel is uncomfortable or awkward. Uh, and then, frankly, look, I, I'm not great at doing this now, but at least I think I have a better understanding of myself of like, yeah, I should be doing this. And maybe I don't do it every time, but I do it more than I did 15 years ago. That You're, That is one thing I need to get better at, Mike, is is saying yes. I am a big no guy. My wife, my wife. I mean, that's important too. I, hey, my wife wants Both to do important. a lot of things. My wife has FOMO. I have JOMO. I have the joy of missing <laughs> out 
And uh, I love to say no, but I need to start saying yes more for sure. Uh, Pedro, you got no soccer-related content from that question. Just what you asked for, Pedro. Just what you asked for. Is there any soccer-related similar type content that we should have? Mm. Uh, The Uh. career is short, so enjoy it. I mean, enjoy that. Like, if you're if you're playing competitively, enjoy it because it ends. There is your career is finite, so just enjoy it. Understand where you're at in the moment, um, and understand how lucky you are to be playing that. I would say that's something that I I don't think I I properly understood when I was when I was younger and playing soccer with you guys, and um, yeah. just enjoy enjoy that that brief time. If you're if you're still playing soccer at a more advanced age, pull out of that tackle, jump <laughs> over that slide tackle, yep. and and don't square up to that guy. Yeah, walk it's away. Just, That's when you can say no. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, it, you're you want your knees intact as well as your face yeah, that, on Monday morning. That is, so just let it be. As someone whose no. knees are barely intact, it's it's dangerous out there. Actually. That's right. This is not necessarily related to Pedro's email, but I, I had this realization uh, about my soccer plane, uh, and I wanted to kind of compare myself to. Um, I actually had this because uh, my my wife, when she was growing up, she took like dance classes, and she was never like a competitive dancer, but you know she was like went to dance class, you know, two or three mm-hmm. times a week, in the same way that I went to soccer practice two or three times a week, uh, and I feel like she has more than like most people I know. So he just like loves to dance, not like formal dance, but just like the music turns on and she just like has a great time. She loves to dance. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking about myself, Good for a DJ, <laughs> great for a DJ, uh, DM, DM us if you need a DJ. Uh, <laughs> but I was thinking about me and soccer and I still, I love soccer, but I'm also just not competitive about soccer at all. Uh, like, I just don't, I, I just want to, I want to ha- find the equivalent of just like someone turning on the music and me playing. And I just, I realized about myself that like, I still love to play and I just need to find a group of like 10 to 20 people who I can just play with, uh, pick up or in a game. But like, it doesn't matter if we win, we're just like out there to run around and just get some touches, just get some touches, just grab a shirt. Uh, nobody's, nobody's tackling anyone really. Uh, like I don't want to tackle anymore, Mm-mm. and so I don't know what this has to do with Pedro's question, uh, but it's it's a tangent, and we are in the tangent era of the podcast, so I'm bringing it out. <laughs> are you are you talking about walking soccer? I very well could be. I mean, if there was a walking soccer league around, uh, I would definitely be in it. I am so close to being 35; I can smell it, and I can't mm-hmm. wait. I, I can't wait to find a a 35 and over league where everyone is moving at the same speed as me, even though a lot of them are 10 to 15 years older than me. We're still all moving at the same speed. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Oh, Pedro, there you go. More Uh, than you wanted to know about our, (laughs) our views on life. (laughs) I mean, I I think it's exactly what, what he wanted to know, to be honest. Uh, I don't know about the other listeners. All right. uh, Next email is from Raymond. He says, uh, which team is going to be first to recapture their old glory or play in a Champions League final? Arsenal, Man United, Spurs, Real Madrid, Barcelona. What glory is uh, is Raymond talking about with, with Spurs? Capturing That's old exactly glory? That's exactly what I thought. What are... I saw this email. I was like, mm, one of those things is not like <laughs> the other. <laughs> I mean, what, Spurs? When did, when did you guys win a, a English first division? Like, I don't know, 50, 70 years ago? Yeah. Long time ago. I mean, ago. you were in a Champions League final very recently. Yes, we were. Yeah. That was yeah. That was our glory. Yeah, I mean, I think he must be talking about the uh, the first Second. division win in 1960-61 that Spurs it's, had. It's got to be, yeah. That was a good moment. When they were the biggest club in the world, for sure. <laughs> uh, I like this question. I think Real Madrid wins the Champions League sooner than any of those other clubs. Yeah. I agree. It's just when you come down to it, it's all probability based around investment and Real Madrid spends uh like nobody's business. 
Yeah, and they're not uh, so having. So if you're taking PSG and Man City and Chelsea out of there, of the of the clubs you just listed, Raymond, it's Real Madrid for me. Is yeah. is Real Madrid as in dire straits financially as Barcelona is either? Like I feel like Barcelona is kind of in the woods a little bit or in the weeds a little bit. I mean, I feel like Real Madrid is their shit is definitely less in the open. Like Barcelona, they just had this change of leadership. And so everyone's just blaming everybody else, whereas uh, Florentino's just been at Real Madrid forever, and he's keeping everything under lock. So I yeah. feel like we have no idea, but I mean, they did supposedly make a what a hundred sixty million euro bid for Mbappe over the summer. So that yeah. would indicate to me that they're doing okay when they could have just waited they're- and got him on a free uh, next year. So yeah, yep. they're they're willing to splash the cash. Or they're doubling down on, uh, you know, accrued debt in order to win so that you can pay off your debt, etc. I mean, maybe it's dumb and not suggestive of anything else. But Real Madrid, I mean, who knows about their financials? But in terms of their league position, they're one point off the first place. They're in second place. They're eight points ahead of Barcelona, who are ninth. So, like, just purely in terms of footballing uh, form, they're much closer than Barcelona are. Yeah. Palmer, no, no shot for Spurs. What does a successful like next five years for Spurs look like for you? Oh, oh my that's God. such a good question. I was I was texting Burge this weekend. I was like, just burn it all down after watching them against United. Just just burn it all down. I'm t- like Harry Kane is a shell of a player what that he once was. Uh, Son is clearly the only one on the team that like cares and is willing to work hard. I don't know if it's like Nuno just doesn't know what he's doing. The fans are getting annoyed. This weekend was, it was a rough watch. We, I think we've lost like four or five games. um, And maybe one of them has, has been a one zero loss to West Ham shouts to George. Uh, (laughs) All of the other, the rest of those losses have been three zero. So like we're just shipping goals. Uh, It's, it's really just brutal to watch. Um, so, Mike, to answer your question, uh, where would I like for the next five years? I would like us to take the path that West Ham took. Maybe struggle for a little bit, go down into the Check. 15th, you know, uh, no, just like go down, like not go down to the championship, but just bottom of the table, fight for relegation for a little bit, develop some players, get a decent manager in, um, and then climb back up, uh, that would be fun to follow. But this team right now is really brutal to follow. It's not fun to watch. Uh, those couple years where they fall down is not going to be fun to watch. But, you know, a relegation battle could be fun too, you know? Relegation <laughs> six-pointer here and there. Is, what everyone it, says is that they love a relegation yeah, battle. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, God, you would be an absolute wreck uh, in a relegation <laughs> battle, if we're going to be honest. Um, is there any, any Spurs starting player who if you know another club came in with like a, a quote unquote fair market bid who you'd be like, no, I want to keep that. I want to keep that person and like build around them or build with them. Or is everybody at this point, like disposable? No son. I, I son. want son on this team. Like, okay. I, I love that man. Everyone else. I, whatever, go away. But I love Hungman son. He's brings so much joy to the game. He's fun to watch. Uh, and just seems like it, a better person than Landon Donovan, even so. Wow, mm. debatable. <laughs> okay, so but so everyone else, everyone else can go. Yeah, I I don't care about any more of them. Great. Wow, what about Oliver Skip? Oh my God, so bad. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't. So, would you rather do? You know, West Ham 10 years ago went down, came back up on once. They've been building. They're having a great year. Would you rather do that? Or it seems more likely that you would actually do something more akin to Arsenal, where you just lose relevance and you're somewhere in the mid-table and you can't seem to build anything. That that seems more likely to me. I feel like that's the, that is the, definitely the path that we're going on. But, like, at least... I mean, you never want to see your team lose, right? You never want to see your team get relegated. But at least there's like a building, right? You can see progress. 
if every year we're just toiling away in eighth and tenth and seventh uh, and qualifying for the Europa, Europa Conference League every every once in a while, right? Like that's not. It's just just like mediocrity. Don't I? I want yeah. to be in in this game. I like binaries, right? You either win or you lose, and I I'm not like in the middle, or you can draw. Uh, but no one loves to draw, right? Like no one loves a point. Um, and you just, it's just, it's not fun to watch. Like, give me, give me some movement up or down. Just give me something. Everything is just like stagnant and it's, it sucks. All right. Well, that felt so close to a Ted Lasso, uh, bit. But like right there, it was cut because it was too dark. What? It was no the, the like it's either win or lose and then they're like or draw or, or you draw. can draw <laughs> yeah I think that actually does happen in season one it definitely yeah does. exactly yeah um, uh, which got me thinking about Palmer as beard uh, later today and has me wondering <laughs> what are you gonna go for for that costume I, are you gonna go for the newsboy this is the blazer don't have it so I don't have I I I don't even have like good sunglasses but uh, I'll put on All a right. jacket and I'll have a beard. This is what All I'm right, talking about. This is why I hate Halloween. Just turn that, turn that baseball cap around. Ready to go. I'll do that. I'll have a baseball cap. All right. That's it. Uh, Raymond, I don't think we answered your question really, but uh, we talked for a while. <laughs> Ta- tangent era. <laughs> uh, there's really nothing else on this uh, run order. There was Premier League this weekend. MLS is still chugging. Um, NWSL, I think the regular season's done or it's wrapping up today. Uh, come on, you thorns. Regular season shield. It's not community shield, but, you know, whatever. Champions. Uh, what else? Anything? Wait, Just, I, do have, uh, I do have a question about um, United. You, you wrote on the run or uh, Brendan Rodgers to United. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. This is kind of like along the same lines as as the question about Tottenham, right? Like, would you rather just kind of, uh, you know, toil away in these um, in mediocrity? Uh, currently, United is a week to week battle, and it is will Oli stay? Will Oli go? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, they like what was it last week? Um, beat Adelante three to two. Uh, in the Champions comeback League, comeback win, Champions right? League, they yeah. were down. They were down two zero. They get absolutely murdered by uh, Liverpool five zero. They lose to Leicester four to three this week. Uh, you know, Ole was on the on the hot seat. Um, all they needed was a you know nice little dose of Spurs in their back. Um, but like now, Ole's not in the hot seat, uh, and it's another week where you know they have to. I don't know if they're in Champions League this week, but they have to go and play another game. Um, if they win, his job is safe. If they lose, then it's another week of uh, should we fire him? Should we bring in whomever? Um, would you rather, as a fan, uh, would you have rather had them lose to Spurs this week and get in a new manager, a different manager, or continue this kind of week to week, Dan. I think you called it like purgatory. What is your play? Uh-huh. What would you rather have? I mean, I, I was talking to a, a coworker who is a United fan who said he was actively looking to get rooting against United this week. Uh, <laughs> and I would agree. I mean, I think with Ole, we know who we're getting, right? We know this is not a guy who's going to all of a sudden like turn United into this great team. So, if you're a United fan and you have high expectations, which maybe a lot of United fans don't anymore after the last eight years or whatever, but if you do, if you think this club can still be like one of the big clubs in Europe, you'd say, just get rid of him. We know what his level is and his level is, you know, being a Champions League team, not a league winner, certainly not a Champions League winner. So just get rid of him. I mean, I don't know why else you'd want to have this purgatory. And if it's down to the point where it's like one result is going to make that decision one way or another, then that decision should just be made. Like, yeah. make the move. Right. If well, it's really up to one week, then, like, he's lost your confidence. 
Yeah. Make a move. Right. Do it. Yeah. Well, and, and I think sports also, I mean, we've talked about, uh, you know, the, the hope can kill you, but also the hope can be the best part. And a win with Oli as you're, if you're a United fan, isn't going to give you any hope. It's not going to feel like, oh, we're building to something. It's yep. just going to be like, oh, we're just delaying the inevitable, which yep. is Oli will eventually be fired. If it's exactly. not next week, it'll be next month. If it's not next month, it'll be next year. And so why not bring in somebody else who, you know, even if you have a 2-1 win, you know, home to whatever, Brighton and Hove, you can be like, oh, well, you know, new coach. He's 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 getting his shit together. He's figuring stuff out. We still gutted out a win. That's what, you know, you can tell yourself that story as a fan. With Ole, who's been there for five years now, there's no there's no story you can spin, right? Man, has he been there five years? That is, I don't amazing. know, maybe not quite that long, but something. He's, but he's yeah. been there. He's been there a minute. Um, Palmer, do you like the idea of Brendan Rodgers at Manchester United? <laughs> I, you know, I feel like he's a he's a very good manager, right? Like the job that he's done at Leicester has been pretty impressive. Um. I just think he's so, I don't know, he's just, it, he's too, I think Lester is a perfect spot for him because he can kind of be the show, you know, but like at United, he's not going to be the show. It's Ronaldo. It's like, uh, he's definitely not going to be coming in and having a behind the scenes TV show, right? Like it's not going to be about Brendan Rogers. Um, I kind of love it because I think it would be hilarious to see him try to manage or manage Ronaldo, but um, I also don't think it would work very well. I I think it's also fun because he really got his big breakthrough at Liverpool. And so for him to now be at United, I think it's, it's fun for Liverpool fans to be like, yeah. you're just kind of taking our dregs now that Liverpool's so up and United is down. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it could also, could also be fun if he can actually turn United around then that's really fun for United fans as well. So that that's something that I would look forward to. I I do think Rodgers is a good manager, and I think it's also would be a great time for him to make a move. He uh, came in at Leicester. They finished ninth, and then two years, fifth and fifth. They're in tenth right now. It's hard to really see that he can do more with Leicester than solidly fifth. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's about their level. Uh, it's probably a good time for Rodgers to make a move. Uh, so I think it would work. I think he's good. I mean, who can you really say is going to come in and uh, spend, say, 10 years at United? If you're looking for your new Alex Ferguson, you know, like Louis van Hall or Gus Hiddink or whatever, those guys aren't going to do that. They're going to spend two years there, and then you're looking for a new manager again. If you're really looking for somebody that might might just work long term, I think Brendan Rodgers is a good idea. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. still only 48. Like He's not that old. So, you know, he could be around there for a while if it, I mean, never really here, happens these days. But here's a, here, yeah, yeah, this, here's a tangent. Dan, you mentioned Sir Alex Ferguson, right? Like, I, I don't know how long he was there. Um, right. But it's, you know, he retired there, right? And it was a very long tenure. Um, I feel like those days are over. You mentioned, uh, Brendan Rodgers coming into United and being the next Sir Alex Ferguson. Are they looking for the next Sir Alex Ferguson? Are they looking for a coach to be there for a very long tenure? Or is it like, give us some success now for three or four years? Even Klopp is is like, you know, I'm, I have a shelf life here at, at Liverpool, right? Like, I'm not going to continue my, my, co- my contract once it's up, right? I'm going to move on or, uh, or whatever, right? Um, is that something that that fans should be hoping for or looking for, or is it give me success now, give me trophies now, and then we'll find a new manager somewhere along the road. I mean, if the success sticks around, it's hard not to think that they would stay with it. Right. You don't want to fix something if it's not broken, but I mean, I agree with you. It doesn't seem like the modern way of thinking about a manager on the other hand, if there was one club in the world that thought they were different than every other club in the world and had some, like, you know, intrinsic stability that allowed <laughs> them, whatever, like, it's going to be Manchester United that thinks they could try and go and make that happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. 
Interesting. Manchester United, very interesting case study. Brendan Rodgers, go do it. <laughs> Put him on the first what plane else? home. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> just just a quick shout out to um, DC United for an incredible level of bed shitting in the past <laughs> month. Uh, one win in the past six games. Now looking very likely that we will not qualify for the playoffs. Uh, four of those six games were at home. Just, just not good. We had a, a new coach this year. Seemed like the team had kind of turned a corner, and then we turned another corner. So that's that's not what you want. A complete three sixty, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Uh, anything. Anything. Last call. That's all I got. This baby stayed asleep the entire pod. Yeah. Yeah, wow. girl. That's that's crushed the, it. That's the boring boys for you. There you go. <laughs> we keep it dulcet. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Happy Cliff. Happy trick-or-treating, Mike. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't wait. Bye. Bye. Guys, we should talk about West Ham, huh? Do it for Jorge, though. Four one. Yeah. Actually, I have a reasonable West Ham question. I'll type it in the run order. Take the binky. Big deep breaths, and and take a nap. I saw that. I saw you were drinking a beer, and I had to look to see what time it was. <laughs> It's, it's afternoon. It's fine. It's afternoon. It's fine. I just did yard work, so that's if there's ever time for beer. Nice. It's after yard work. Come on, girl. Keep that in. Close your eyes. It ain't gonna happen, Mike. It ain't gonna happen. The girl is wide awake. What are uh? We should clap. Are we waiting for anything, Mike? Are you good? Los boring boys. Los boring boys están aquí. <laughs> los boring, los boring boys and and daddy. <laughs> Three, two, one. Oh, did you like that? Did you like those claps? Loves a synchronized clap.